All right, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast, brought to you by Red Triangle Sports. I'm your host and commissioner, Denver Desert Dog, Matt Kozlowski, joined tonight live in studio, Shane Stein. Not great to be here, Matt. Yeah, sorry, buddy. Um, T-Bag is no longer. Yeah, we... Uh, for this year. Yeah. Put up a stinker. Pretty pretty disappointing effort there in the semifinals. <clears throat> Uh, worst week we've had in, in two seasons, 62 points. Not, yeah. not going to cut it this time of year. That was some uh, some Steel Curtain stuff right there, putting up 62 points. Ed, how you doing, buddy? I'd have beat him this week. You would have beat him this week? Oh, yeah. But you've had well, a 62-point effort before, so have I. So. That would have been, that, that, been a good trivia question. What's that? To go back in the last two seasons and name the teams that wouldn't have been seen this week. I think it'd just be me and you. I think it's you twice. Because <laughs> I know you have the two lowest. <laughs> and it's the same it's week. It's the same week every year. Pretty sure it's week eight that gets you. <laughs> Someone got a 60.5 out there this year. It's not myself or Matt, so chill out with that. That was... <laughs> Storms. That's right. No. Not this one. I'm not. I'm not done looking yet. Well, Fegley had one in his bye week. Week three it was a, it was a sixty point five out there. <clears throat> Phil. Nope. <laughs> Jeremy. Yep. Well, he's no longer so. Um, I don't know if that's public knowledge yet for the league, but we will have a new owner next year in the league. Um, we're also $50 light in our pot this year, so going to have to figure that out at some point. Hopefully we can settle at the playoff party. Um, <clears throat> talking championship game tonight. Spears and Fegley, we'll get into that in a bit. But first, let's have uh, Shane hit us with some knowledge here. Yeah, um, you guys have kind of run me dry here throughout the course of the season. Um, kind of find it tough to come up with ones. I know Ed's not going to like this one, but I think it's a good one, so we'll go with it. Um, there are 14 <clears throat> quarterbacks that have thrown for over 300 yards in a Super Bowl game. One of them is Ken Anderson. I'm sure no one was going to get him, so I'm going to give you guys that right off the bat. Ken Anderson of the Bengals was one of those guys he threw for exactly 300. So we're looking for 13 other names that have thrown for 300 yards in a Super Bowl game. All right. You want to go first? Tom Brady. Tom Brady has twice. I'll say uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is on the list. He's threw for 304. <clears throat> What about your uh, quarterback? What? What about your quarterback? I don't think he's ever done that. I think he did it in a loss. Or, uh, or the win. Why don't you? Why don't you guess a name? Drew Brees. 
Drew Brees is not on the list. All right, I'll guess Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger is not on the list. All right. So, edge back in. Breeze threw for 288. I knew it had to be close. And Roethlisberger's best was 263. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime you guys want to. Steve Young. Steve Young is on the list. He did it once. Three, three twenty-five. Three, four. Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly never threw for three hundred yards in a Man, he had four that chances. Was incredible to me. <laughs> Always losing. <laughs> that was an incredible stat for me. All right. Well. Two seventy-five was the best Kelly did. I'm going to throw a name out there just because I remember this Super Bowl. Brad Johnson. Probably didn't, though. All right. This is a tough one. Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco did not throw for 300 yards in that Super Bowl. Threw for 287. Brad Johnson threw for 215. I feel like Joe Montana should be a guess. Joe Montana did it twice. He's on there. All right. 331 and 357. And I feel like Eli probably did it. Eli did not. This is stupid. Donovan McNabb did, though. Donovan McNabb did. 357 yards in that Super Bowl game. Bill Sims. Bill Sims did not do it. (laughs) I don't even think they threw the football in that era. Kurt Warner. All right. The guy that has the three most single-yard games in Super Bowl history. Yes, Kurt Warner. I was waiting for you guys to say that. That was the reason Troy, for the question. Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman never did it either. That was also part of... Him and Kelly not doing it was, was uh, shocking for me. Too much running the ball. Um, I think this guy only played in one Super Bowl. Maybe. Um, but he was... Dan Marino. Dan Marino did do it. 318. The other guy that we really didn't remember and should have guessed before was Brett Favre. Brett Favre did not. That's stupid. Did not throw for 300 yards in Super Bowl. Dumb question. What do we got? We got eight of them right now. Yeah, there are one, <clears throat> two, three, six four, more. Five, six more. You guys, uh, you got yeah, eight with Anderson. No, we haven't. Did not. Johnny did it twice. 304 and 336. <sighs> a couple Hall of Famers on the list here. Well, I'm going to guess Jake Delhomme. He's not Jake, a Hall of Famer. He's not a Hall of Famer, but he is on this list. Uh, 323. <laughs> Good guess. Peyton is on the list. He threw for 333 against the Bears. No, I'm sorry. It was against the Saints, I believe, that one. Certainly wasn't last year. Yes, it was the one against <laughs> the Saints. A couple Hall of Famers, you said, huh? That was one of them. I was giving Peyton the nod 
Yeah, I think he might get in. Yeah. Um, couple Hall of Famers so on this three list. Three left. One of them is a Hall of Famer. And two of them like, have something like, in common. Kaepernick ran for 300 against the Ravens at one time. The other two have something in common. Did they play in the same game? No. One's a Hall of Famer. Man. Just by sheer numbers, I feel like you should have threw this guess out, Ed. No, Terry Bradshaw. Terry Bradshaw did it twice. Is he a Hall of Famer? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 318 and 309. And the other two guys have something in common. It's interesting. It is interesting. Like, what kind of thing do they have in common? I don't know. would definitely give it away, but they were the first two of something to do this. Russell Wilson and Doug Williams. Incorrect. Were Doug they? Williams is on the list, though. Oh, so there's another one. Is that what they have in common? African-American quarterbacks to win a Super Bowl? To throw for 300 yards. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> Warren Moon never played in the Super Bowl, right? Steve McNair. McNair did not do it. <laughs> did Cam do it? No. No. Well, not. Cam did not do it. Cam threw for 265 last year. There's only one left. And his name's been said. He didn't run for 300. Oh, Cap. Cap threw for 300 in that game against uh, the Ravens. Threw for 302. That was mind-blowing to me. Kaepernick threw for 300 yards. Yeah. Didn't even know that was possible. Ed, how'd you feel about that one? Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's get right into our championship game. We're not going to preview the third place game. Are you okay with that? I'm fine with that. <laughs> I don't care about it at all. You obviously care a little bit because you picked up a defense. I did. I may suck. <laughs> Alright, um, we'll start off with Fegley's team, the clan, the surprise team here, lambasted teabag by 55 points last week, but uh, I want to I want to ask first, which defense should Fegley run out there tonight, or this week? Currently has the Bills in his starting lineup, I'm asking you guys, should he play them, or should he go with Seattle? Seattle. <laughs> They're better. 7 and 0 at home. Last time I checked, this game's at home. So they're going to dominate. They're going to win. Seattle. I agree. <clears throat> there you go, Seattle. I don't think the, I think the Bills give you opportunities at points. I mean, they don't. 
they don't do the extras. And um, who knows? Maybe this is a week that JHI returns to form after watching Le'Veon Bell hammer through the Bills' defense. Yeah, I think it's Seattle too. That was a slugfest last time these two teams played. I think Arizona may have quit. Um, I don't feel like Miami's offense is that terrible. I feel like they might be better with more. Yeah. But if there's some weather in that game, um, maybe worth considering at least. They're saying there's a chance that could be pouring. Really? Game, yeah. So... Something for Fegley to watch. I know he's been playing weatherman here the last couple of weeks with some of his matchups. Um, two guys he finds on his bench right now this week, Dante Moncrief and Adrian Peterson. You guys like either of them this week? Interesting, interesting pick because I feel like Fegley is going to need to kind of hit the jackpot somewhere here. We, I mean, we said it last week. Um, he he, he kind of needs to maybe like hit a hit a big play here somewhere, and maybe maybe a luck to Moncrief kind of day does it for him. I, I I think Moncrief actually could have a nice day in Oakland. I think that game's going to be a little high scoring, so. He didn't have to hit the jackpot last week, though. We he, did found out. <laughs> he, he did not. He did uh, not. He just had to show up, basically. He had to fill a line about. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I like Moncrief, too. I don't know who I would play him over. Obviously, Coleman and Britt are probably the weak spots in this uh, this lineup. Um, yeah, they're the only ones you can really consider taking out. Yeah. But I'm not sure which one of those is the weaker link. So, I'd take out Coleman if I had to decide between those two. Yeah, it's just so hard to take him out because the weeks when he does score, he scores big. There's so many downs in between. Yeah. No, he's definitely been inconsistent. Um, playing the matchup against San Francisco, they're bad. They don't stop anyone. Kenny Britt tied with Julio Jones in touchdowns this year. Britt's been sneaky good. He's had, five. he's had a nice year. Um, general question for Fegley, if we just kind of run through his lineup, what does he need to go right this week for him? Without well, without saying everything. Without being too obvious, I mean, he you got to score touchdowns if you're going to compete with Spears. I mean, you just can't you can't count on getting a lot of yards. I mean, you got to you got to get touchdowns, at least probably five or six of them from your position players. To, I mean. We've seen it all year. Spears' team, even on bad weeks, puts up like 120. So, you you got to get some touchdowns on the board. I mean, obviously, that's kind of the name of the game in fantasy, but you're not going to beat him with just, just yardage. So, I think, you, obviously, Seattle is a big part of the Seattle passing offense is a big part of his 
his uh, roster. So, I mean, he's going to need that game to open up a little bit more than it did the last time these two teams got together. What was it, 6-6 it ended up? Yeah. Um, he's going to need that game to, to be a little more high scoring. Or at least Seattle to put some points on the board. Ed, what are you seeing in your crystal ball here for Fegs? I think one thing he certainly needs is Matt Forte to not play. Um, I think he needs Bilal Powell to get a heavy workload. I think he needs Forte in there taking any touches. Um, everything he think, I think he needs is he needs the uh, first five weeks production out of Larry Fitzgerald. Dude hasn't found the end zone since week five. He had five touchdowns in the first five weeks and hasn't scored since. Um, he gets some high-volume weeks with a lot of catches. Um, but I think he, I think he needs him to be something pretty good this week. <clears throat> yeah, I think he needs I think he needs a big game out of Andrew Luck, too. Like, even maybe close to a 30-point effort. Maybe like a Kirk Cousins deal from last year? Yeah. I think it could happen. I think there could be some points in that ball game. Indian Oakland should be some footballs flying all over Saturday afternoon. Um, he has to pick the right defense, and I think he needs one of those flex guys to score a touchdown, which you touched on a little bit. Yeah, I mean, obviously this is fantasy football. Nothing's impossible. I think we can all agree that Spears' team has been the best team. I mean, his team's just better. But I think it's one of those weeks where if Fegley, Fegley's going to have to pick all the right guys, I feel like, um, yeah. on his team. I mean, it's not like he can't beat them. Obviously, they're two good teams, but he's going to have to pick the right guys. Yep. All right, let's switch over to uh, Troy's team. If the Eagles win tonight, which they're winning right now at halftime, does that hurt Zeke Monday night against Detroit? Reason for ask, uh, asking the question is, I'm sure you guys know, but Dallas would clinch the one seed. Um, wouldn't be a whole lot to play for if uh, if you're Zeke then. So. Sure does. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I don't know that they're going to rest him completely, but I certainly think there's a good chance they will in the second half of that game. Um, they know they can't go into the playoffs with him hurt. I'm sure they don't want to be – not that McFadden's not a capable backup, or I guess McFadden would be the guy, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, but they, they definitely need him healthy going into the postseason if they want to win, I think. So they have it clinched already. I could see him, him getting maybe 10 carries. Not sure. Uh, I feel like there's certain coaches, certain teams, certain guys we know uh, – what their belief is because we've seen it and it just seems like it's always the top teams at the top we've never seen Dallas in this situation um I don't think we really know what they would do um to me they seem like a type of team that wouldn't rest anyone I think they're, they're they seem like they would go out and still play try to figure out um their quarterback situation since they keep wanting to make a controversy out of it um which I'm not going to talk about because I'm sick of hearing about it but I'm, I'm not sure. It's a mystery. One thing I will say that they maybe maybe will lean towards not resting him. He's, what, 250-some yards away from the rookie rushing record? Uh, I think, was it Archie Griffin that has it? Yeah, he's close. Uh, 
Dickerson, wasn't it? I, f- I forget who has it, but he's like 250 yards or something away with two games to go, so they might uh, make a concerted effort to, to get him there. You know how Jerry Jones likes to have yeah some, some spotlights on his squad. Well, the last time we saw Dallas in a situation like this was um, two years ago, and they let Romo and uh, DeMarco play. I think the first half, even into the third quarter in week 17. So, um, I could see them playing Zeke pretty hard for two to three quarters. I think you get more than 10 carries, Shane, but I could see it being like 15. And, you know, 15 touches could be enough for Zeke to put up 15 points, which would still be a good week for him, so... I'm not. I'm not sure it hurts him yet, um, but I think that'll be a low-scoring game Monday night. I don't think it'll be a lot of points. So, be interesting to see what Spears gets out of his lineup. Otherwise, if Zeke doesn't put up the usual Zeke effort, how do you guys feel about the Broncos D uh, at Kansas City? It was a pretty uh, high-scoring game last time, and this one's at Kansas City. See this one going one of two ways: either the Broncos D comes out and dominates, or they they give up. Um, I still think this is the best defense in the league, but I don't know. I feel like they have some low character guys. Low character. It's a very <laughs> very well put, Matt. Very well put. They have some low character guys in the squad. Um, I feel like Akib Talib is the kind of guy that if he's not winning, he doesn't care. Um, and I feel like they have a couple couple guys like that on that. TJ Ward's a criminal. <laughs> yeah, they have, they have a few guys like that on that <laughs> side of the football, which is what kind of makes them good defensive players. Yeah. So it could go one of two ways, but I, I'm going to bet that they come out and play really well. TJ Ward should be hanging out with Vontae's perfect. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think they also come out and play pretty well. But the thing that scares me is just... <laughs> They're on the field so much, they, so they they tend to give up points they shouldn't give up. They get put in bad positions at times. The offense is just so bad; they can't control the clock. So I think there's always that chance of them giving up more than they should. Not that they not that they give up a ton, but I mean, you feel like it's a defense like Shane said that's still top tier that should be competing for shutouts every week, and they just can't because the offense doesn't do anything. It's kind of completely the opposite of Dallas. Their defense is terrible, but they look good because the offense controls the ball. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it could go one of two ways. I think if the offense gets some production, which isn't going to be easy in Kansas City, they could do well. But if the offense can't stay on the field, I think they're, they're going to give up some points. Obviously, I'm going to ask you this question. I don't know how much this correlates. You're, you're the only one that, really, that played football here. Out of us three. I mean, so I don't know. How much... I feel like it really shouldn't matter. It doesn't matter that much how much a defense is on the field. I mean, I know, obviously, I'm sure at, at some point it wears you down, but how much does that wear on a defense, Ed, when you're on the field, your offense just can't sustain a drive and you got to get back out there every three, four plays? Does it really wear you down that much? I think it's more than just it wearing you down physically. I think you give 
uh, a good off in this situation. You're giving a good offensive mind, Andy Reid, multiple opportunities to figure it out. I mean, you you give a guy an extra 25 snaps, they're going to find ways to move the ball against you. I think it's a lot about that. Um, but I think yeah, it certainly does. It wears on you mentally as much as it does physically. You just you get frustrated. We saw that boil over in their locker room last week. The guys had said things to the offensive linemen. There was apparently almost a scuffle, and they're frustrated, and yeah. it does get frustrating. Um, so I, I think you don't want to give guys extra opportunities to find ways to move the ball more than physically wearing you down. Yeah, I feel like they're frustrated because um, it's not much different than the team they had last year. And they're not having the same success. I guess that's what kind of what I was getting. Is it more of a, a mental kind of like a? I think they man, get, our offense yeah. sucks. Like exactly, it's just like, you get pissed no at the offense. <laughs> yeah, Ed never had to deal with that in college because he had Tanner Kelly. And well, that uh, was one game. <laughs> there was one game where we dealt with it. What happened? Can you can you go into detail? <laughs> well, the scoreboard didn't show it, but we went out to Alliance, Ohio. <laughs> oh. And we should we should have funded Mike Nolan to give us some recap on that game. <laughs> he doesn't but remember. It's funny because we were talking about this. Just some of us were talking about this over Xbox the other night. But we forced three turnovers in the first four drives. We were down like fourteen zero because they threw a pick six, and I think the offense picked up zero first downs in their first five drives. And it was just like we came out and played really well their first four drives against the number one team in the country and. We had nothing to show for it, so it was like, man, what are you? I mean, what are you gonna do? Yeah, Brett Gall was uh, locking down Cecil Shorts that game. <laughs> I know that for at least the first five minutes of the game. Um, all right. So last week, Spears reached out to me. He's like, really think I should play Deshaun Jackson this week. Um, thinking about taking Cooks out of the lineup. Obviously, he didn't do that. It paid off. Um, my question is, should he consider Deshaun this week? In any of the, I wouldn't take Cooks out, but maybe Stewart or Cooper. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? No. I think the Bears' defense has been pretty good. Um, that team seems to be coming along nicely here at the end of the season. Maybe something to build on for next year. Obviously, the season's a wrap, but I think the Bears' defense has been pretty good. Um, and had... Uh, Carolina not played in prime time, I wouldn't I wouldn't feel the same, but watching Jonathan Stewart run in prime time last week, it looked like it was week one. Like he was running tough, uh, making a lot of guys miss, running some guys over, jumping over people. Like I couldn't believe how inspired and motivated some of the guys in Carolina looked after the year they've had after a Super Bowl layover. Um, but you know, Cam came out and said that Rivera challenged them and they certainly stepped up, I'd imagine that that's kind of going to continue in a, in a decent matchup against Atlanta, too. I think if Stewart comes out and runs that hard again, I think he could have a good week. So there's no way that I could put Deshaun in. Cousins isn't as good on the road. It's in Chicago. It's going to be probably below freezing. So that's not a matchup I want any part of. Deshaun Jackson doesn't strike me as a guy that's going to go into uh, a physically tough environment like that and go out and perform well. Seems like a... Seems like a second quarter hamstring grab for Deshaun Jackson. Get me off the field. I'm tired of getting hit. It's freezing cold. Yeah, they don't call us brothers for nothing, buddy. You took the words right out of my mouth. 
This is a Saturday one o'clock game before Christmas. If this was a primetime game, I'm, I'm I'm considering it. But this is a Saturday game in a cold weather, just kind of, eh. So no way, no way am I considering putting Deshaun in. And like you said, I think I'm riding my Panthers. I'm I'm definitely not taking them out. I, I feel like obviously it was it was primetime game. Maybe it was a one-time thing, but they kind of looked motivated the other night. And maybe they're just they're going to look to finish the season strong, have a little pride. Yeah, I think Olsen might actually be the weak link, though, on this team. Um, I don't think you could play Jackson over Cooper or Stewart. I agree with that. Cooks has to be in at home. Um, and I think I like Frank Gore this week, too, for some weird reason. So... Although Deshaun's had a decent second half of the season, uh, I think Spears just stays with the status quo, which seems to be the only thing that he knows in fantasy football. Not making any changes and just rolling the same dudes out there every week because, uh, let's just be honest, he doesn't doesn't know better. So, <laughs> And sometimes that's better. Sometimes you don't even overthink it. You just roll the dudes out there and you're in good shape. Hey, when you have the guys that he has, I mean... <laughs> It's tough to go wrong. Exactly. It's tough to, tough to make a bad choice. Exactly. Um, I asked this question in the first round of the playoffs for Butler, and I think one of our answers ended up being right. I asked, who could blow this game for Butler, Melvin Gordon, hip injury? Uh, my question is, who could blow this game for Spears? Because I think Spears is the heavy favorite in this one. I'm going to go right back to what got him here. I think it's Brandon Cooks. Um, just feel like he's a candidate to put up a one catch for nine yards kind not of guy. Not quite a goose egg, but... Yeah, not quite a goose egg. I think he's the kind of guy that could put up one, two catches and put you at a one or two point spot there and kind of just get you nothing. I think I agree. I don't think there's really any other weak spots. You guys aren't concerned at all about Minnesota's D? Is no, that, they give up. They I, stick. The only other one I think that I could find... Packers, Rodgers, and uh, Nelson. You know those guys weren't playing well last weekend. It almost almost hurt Troy until the big sixty yard catch to set up the game winning field goal. That was a nice little swing that got those two guys healthy in that matchup. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think I don't think we're going to see a huge week out of either one of those guys this weekend. You know, Cooper's a little banged up. Olsen's a little banged up. Um, I don't know. Just this, so, just so we have some clarity here. We're kind of beating, you guys are kind of beating him up a little bit. 
Greg Olson's the top-rated tight end in fantasy. No, he's been good. I just think he's been struggling lately. <laughs> I'm just talking recently. He's t- actually tied tied for number one with Kelsey this year. So he's had two double-digit efforts in the last two weeks, but the four weeks before that were brutal, and he had a one point six point effort. I mean, his production's real heavy in the front end of the year. Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, but let's just. What he did in week one through seven isn't helping Troy win this championship to this week. Yeah, the last the last couple of weeks though, if he gets anywhere near ten points, I think that's that's kind of what he needs. Yeah, ten points he'd be happy with his tight end. Um, all right, let's make some predictions. Who wins it? You predicted Butler pre pre playoffs. I predicted sure. Um, neither of those teams are here. It's the two division winners. Which division uh, champion will reign supreme when it's all said and done Monday night? It's gonna it's gonna kill Anthony rooting against Elliot as a Cowboys fan Monday night. Well, I'm not, I'm gonna clear the stage here, and I'm not going to make a pick because I'm going to be doing a, a finals preview for everyone tomorrow. Nice. So you I still care enough to do that? That's good. I did it for us last year. I'm gonna do it for be a good sport about it, and I'll I'll have a. An article out tomorrow uh, previewing the championship match. I'll go with Spears. I think he's just got uh, higher floors from a lot of his guys, uh, with the exception of Cooks, because um, he could be a guy that hurts him, like we said. But I think everyone else gives you a nice floor. Just guys like Frank Gore. Just give me my 10 and we'll move on. And I think he's got that a lot with a lot of guys. Um, yeah. It's funny, uh, you did the recap for us, or preview for us last year. I'd consider us to be probably really good friends. These two guys are best friends. Um, interesting parallel there. Yep. Um, in our first two matchups of the year. I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take Fegley. I'm going to take the upset. I think, uh, some wonky stuff's going to happen, and I think Anthony's going to win the, uh, win the second Second championship of the league so far, so I it feels that way. It does, like, doesn't it? It feels like the fantasy gods are repaying him for what they did to him last year. Yeah, he's in. He's in two. He's in two leagues. He's in both championships, just as I was last year. Um, I don't know. I just feel like some things are going to break his way. Spears has hasn't had anything not break his way this year. No, it's, it's been, been incredible. It's it's been a, it's been an impressive run. Yeah. I mean, he's just been, I mean, cruising all yeah. year. He's just been cruise control all year long for this team. He had faced a little bit of adversity last week when Johnson and Breeze were going touchdown for touchdown in the second half, but um, he still had some guys left, so didn't really come to fruition. But. uh I think he might get punched in the mouth this week, and it'll be interesting to see how his team responds. So, all right, um, let's just do prediction: who wins the third place game? Uh, sure, Stein. Sure, <laughs> by a lot. My team's bad. <laughs> I'll take sure too. I think you break seventy though this week. <laughs> I do have some points coming back for my defense though, so that's nice. <laughs> yes, pick six. <laughs> What do you think? Do you care, Eddie? No. I think sure gets me. His team's better than mine. Yeah. Breeze at home. I like Breeze at home. <laughs> Johnson's a lock for 15 points. Um, Jordan Howard's going to eat. 
Yeah, I think Howard has a nice has a nice game this week too. Yeah, I'll take sure. He's in my Fanduel lineup. All right. Um, what are you guys uh, looking forward to for next season, the third season of the Sons of Fantasy Football League? Uh, league. Well, I think you guys know where I'm going. It's division realignment. I'm excited. Excited to see how we. We're shake gonna have that a question up. about that later. So. Excited to see how we uh, how we shake that up. Uh, get some some new fresh meat on the table. Change things up a little bit. So that'll be nice. Um, I think we're talking about in the off season meetings some some lineup adjustments and stuff like that. Yeah. So excited for that. Ed, what are you looking forward to? This season, Dad. <laughs> the draft prep again. So, yeah, so we, so we can talk for the third year in a row about how we're going to spend money and then sit in our hands for three hours. Brutal. Brutal. That's uh, I realized it though. Yeah, seventy-five percent of our league doesn't know anyone outside the ESPN top fifty. So if you, guys, you don't spend your money there, you're not going to. I mean, any sleeper that was thrown, people were. Digging through their papers trying to figure out who it was. I didn't feel like people knew who Sterling Shepard was. Just all kinds of names that I was saving money for that no one even knew who they were, so you can't even save for sleeper picks. <laughs> Wouldn't be unlike Ed to not throw a couple digs out there on the rest of the league. Even when he's sitting four and nine. He's been playing golf playing golf since Thanksgiving. <laughs> um yeah, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to seeing the rule changes and see how they shake out. You know, we've done this thing for two years now, heading into the third year next year. Um, I think we've had a chance to really see what's working and what isn't, and uh, got some creative minds that aren't willing to, that aren't afraid to try new things. So, uh, I think that's what's going to keep this league fun. I think the core of the league and fantasy football will always be the same, but um, I think we're always willing to put. A different spin on the game each year and I think we're going to try and stay flexible to the way the NFL is trending so um, I like that about this league that we're, we're, I don't think we're ever going to get stale so alright couple a uh, couple superlatives here before I get into two more questions who was the uh, who was the most disappointing owner this year Oops. Most disappointing owner this year. You I mean, said yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I would say myself too. I think it, I think it has to be you, Cos. Because <laughs> I mean, you're going from you win it all to four and nine. Obviously, I mean, just a bad draft hurt you. I mean, you just couldn't recover this year. Yeah, my uh, my four most expensive players were. <laughs> Kobe Fleener, Eddie Lacy, Sammy Watkins, and Alan Hearns. And my keepers were Todd Gurley and Doug Martin. It's not going to win you very many games. <laughs> so, <laughs> the fact that you won four is pretty impressive now. Well, and the thing I, is... Maybe you were the best out <laughs> the thing, The thing is, I was like... There was two weeks where I should have played Golden Tate and I didn't. And I win those two weeks if I don't. And then there was another week where I did something stupid. I think it was the Treadwell week. I could have very easily been seven if and you six. Yeah, Tyreek Hill and you yeah. won. Yeah. So, 
made some stupid, tried to be too smart, I think, some weeks. But yeah, I, I was definitely disappointed in myself. I was also disappointed in you, Ed. So I think that me and you are definitely the front runners there. We sucked. We were really bad. Um, we, uh, well, I mean, I know we've, we've talked about it. We've beaten it up a little bit. But could we throw a ball in there? Position he was in at the draft. He's, the, he's my answer to an, a later question. So... Yeah. Uh, the next one though is most surprising owner, good or bad. I think it's Spears probably. Yeah, it's not close. <laughs> yeah, it's gotta be Spears. It'll be Spears. I mean, going from what was he four and nine last year, three and ten, um, flipping it around to ten and three. Yeah. And just putting together a just an all star squad. I'm also I'm also again surprised that Butler's strategy worked, but. Um, I don't know, maybe it's not a bad strategy. It's just maybe the way he carries himself through that strategy. <laughs> I don't know. What did you call it? Ignorant? Yes. <laughs> you still agree with that? You're standing by that? Yes, sir. You don't have to... You can completely let loose because I don't think he ever listens to these things, so... Uh, it's not like I ever hold back as if he is... I don't know if it's a bad strategy, but, I mean, certainly hitting hitting hard on Melvin Gordon was, was key to his... His season, um, I don't think any of us expected Gordon to be that good, um, and him turning into a true RB one was was just huge for his squad. Also, the big Terrell Pryor pickup really helped him out. Seeing a lot about Terrell Pryor, no no one really respects him in the league. <laughs> Brian Hartline even came out and said he's a flash in the pan. So, Bull, you may want to reconsider your uh, your crown jewel from the trade deadline. Hugh Jackson seems to be the only one that has his back. So. Yeah. My uh, bowl was my answer to this next question. It was biggest choke job. Um, I think we have some contenders here. We have Butler, again, with the first-round playoff choke job. He seems to be the Andy Dalton of our league. Um, we have Sure, who, despite having an incredible team, feel like he probably should have had better fortune. And obviously, we can't let you off the hook again here. But I feel like those are our four candidates. I think Bull just completely biffed the draft, though. I, I don't know that. It may I not be a choke. I time. don't know that I can go with Bull here just because he gave up a record high seventeen hundred and twenty-five points. I just I, I think it's more or less that we haven't talked about Bull in six weeks on this podcast. <laughs> so I just wanted to bring him up. Yeah, I mean, he he did only score fourteen eighty, which. I mean, was a little below middle of the pack. So I mean, with the with where he started, with all the draft cash and and the situation he was in going into the season, you would have expected him to to do better. But I mean, even so, I mean, you're just not going to win when you're getting 130 points put up on you every week. It's just not going to happen. He'll be the first one to tell you about it too when you <laughs> talk to him. Yeah. So I mean, you can't really do anything about that. Um, it's got to be it's got to be me in this one. I mean, that's just 62 points. I've played what, 30, 30 weeks of fantasy the past two years and um, only been under 100 twice. And that was, that was one of them. <laughs> so, yeah. Didn't have a good showing in the championship game last year either. Your team didn't score well. Yeah, what was it, like 112? Something yeah. like that, 122 to 112. I don't, I don't remember what it was exactly, but well, how do you feel about my, um, my telling you that you need to stop putting together good teams and go back to the old chain strategy. Yeah. Um, past two years, I feel like I, I put together pretty good squads, and it's just 
not working out. I mean, obviously, you got to have a good squad at the end of the year. Um, that's kind of the key here. I mean, you got to be good enough to get there, and but you got to be your best at the end of the year. Um, it's kind of what I what I've done in the past is done a good job of building towards getting good at the end of the year. You did it perfectly last year. I mean, that's that's kind of the way I used to do it. <laughs> um, work your way through the season, just kind of make sure you you sneak your way in, and then peak at the right time. And obviously, that's the goal for everyone. But I mean, I, I don't think I. I I don't think I'm gonna change. <laughs> I mean, you, you just try to build the best team that you can, and, and you hope that you you pick the right the right guys for that are gonna be hot at the end of the year. I mean, it, it's tough to really pinpoint who's gonna be peaking at, at the last couple weeks. I mean, I have a hard time calling you the choke job because I think you'd still be an underdog this week. So yeah, yeah. Um, Eddie, who's your choke job? I thought that would be a Butler vote there. I don't. I don't think we can skim over the fact that he has completely biffed the first round of the playoffs. Now, albeit because of injuries, but he had two really good teams the last two years, and uh, hasn't been able to get out of the first round yet. And just the way he plays, this game doesn't allow him much room for error. Well, it's kind of been the story. I mean, we we talk about it with his team when he drafted it. I mean, he's going to have weeks where he puts up a lot of points. Um, the problem, the downside is when his stars, if they get hurt or if they don't have a big week, um, you're going to struggle. When you have, he always, obviously his two flex areas all year were the ones where his flex and his tight end. So he had those three spots where he was kind of searching for somebody all year, and that's that's kind of the downfall of when you go with, with so much top end, spending all your money on, on two players. All right, next question. Um, which team are you most worried about for next year in terms of what they have in terms of draft dollars and keepers? Uh, which team is on your radar right now? Maybe a tough question to answer, but I'm sure we can come up with something. For me, it's sure. Um, he still has David Johnson, and I'm guessing he's going to keep OBJ again, and that's a good start. <laughs> Can't really do much better than that. David Johnson for four bucks. I mean, that's that that pretty much supersedes just about everything. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I guess that's probably he's probably still the best team coming out of the offseason. He's down some money. He's down what? 12 bucks or something? Uh, 12, I think. Um, Somewhere around there. And last year he had the benefit of being plus 24, which allowed him to keep OBJ. Um, he also has Jordan Howard, so he may not need to spend all that money on OBJ. So sure is definitely someone to be worried about. And my final question, I don't think this is in the rule book. Um, I don't think it's written in stone how we are going to select the division realignment. Um, so I wanted to hear if you guys had any opinions or options for how we should select the divisions for next year. Well, I know my idea is going to get <clears throat> shot down right away because mine was to let whoever wins the league pick. Might not get shot down because you didn't win. So <laughs> um, so that was going to be my idea. Is whoever wins the league gets to pick um, the six teams, the, the five other teams they want in their division. I mean, obviously, it's an every two-year thing, so you 
have to win it on the on the even year. Yeah. But I think that could be kind of fun. I mean, it could could backfire. Could uh, could do the two champions from those two years have a draft. That's a good idea. And I'd be one of them, so I'd be okay with that. It's <laughs> a good idea. I like that. You'd be the last pick. <laughs> Sick of playing your ass. I actually like that idea. That's That'd be fun. What if you go back to back? Hmm. Can't do it. Can't win with it. Can't, <laughs> Can't play, play with him. Can't win with him. Ed, what do you got? Anything? What about putting the top six and the bottom six in a division? Uh, I don't know why we would make one top heavy and one not. Just gives more opportunity for some new teams to get in the playoffs, I think. But it's one thing that our one baseball league, Shane and I, play in every year. There's three divisions of four, and the four playoff teams make up one division from the year before, so... You obviously don't like that. I think you'd be in the the weaker division if that makes you feel differently. Doesn't. <laughs> I don't know that it would, that would even have a big effect. I feel like there's gonna be turnover. Um, yeah. I feel like I feel like there's. There has to be in the NFL. Be, in the NFL, there's turnover. It's it's tough to gauge who's gonna be, who's gonna be good from year to year. I mean. Should we avoid picking names out of a hat again? Yeah, let's do, we'll do something more creative. All right, so anybody that's still listening to this podcast at this point in the season, um, maybe if you guys have some ideas, throw them out there. We can also talk about it at the draft party at um, Papa Kaz's house on Saturday the 14th. Are you off that weekend? Wow, that worked out. Hopefully we have some good football for that. Um, I know we'll have a, a Patriots game. As always, we'll have some live gambling. Maybe a Patriots game. <laughs> yeah, some live gambling. I know Papa Kaz will be in on some lines. Um, so, And we'll be awarding our next champion, <clears throat> which we'll find out this week. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about here before we uh, get back into our NBA? <laughs> well, I might as well get a two-for-one for Med. I know no one has bold predictions prepared. so. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't have one of those either. <laughs> Come on, man. Humorous. Usually the time I'm spending looking at a two-for-one, I actually pulled up our preseason ranks and was just looking at who we completely missed on and things like that, just for fun. That's what I was spending my time doing, sorry. All right, then, let's hear it. I mean, it's, ob- I mean, it's, it's obvious. I was looking mostly at the running backs, but, I mean, we had guys up at, near the top, the Petersons, the Charles, but you can't control the injuries. Uh, Lamar Miller's a guy that we had... Between the three of us, averaged out with a six point three three. He's obviously not up that high. One, two, three, four, five, six. I know. I asked on the podcast earlier this year if Lamar Miller was the safest bet to finish as the number one running back in fantasy football, and I think we said yes. Yeah, uh, Frank Gore we had with an average, an average between the three of us at thirty two point six six. 
He's 11th. <laughs> yeah. Right ahead of right ahead of Matt Lamar had, Miller. What? Right ahead of Lamar Miller at 12. Yeah. Matt had Frank Gore preseason at 34. Shane had him at 28. I had him at 36. Yikes. Uh, so Lamar Miller's still been in RB1, though. Mark Ingram. I think there's someone else that stood out that we missed on that's way up there. Oh, uh... Todd Gurley. <laughs> Garrett Blount, where'd he go? I don't even know if I ranked him. Uh, we had him... Yeah, I'm the only one that ranked him. 35. You guys didn't even put him in your top whatever we did. He may... 45, 50. He may be a St. Louis Patriots keeper, too. Oh, Wentz to the locker room. Obviously, we missed on guys like Jordan Howard and Spencer Ware because we didn't foresee the season coming. Um, Carlos Hyde, we had up there a decent amount, but injuries again. Obviously, we missed on Gurley big time, but yeah. I'm going to give you a two-for-one since Ed didn't look. Um, I like Cleveland. Getting six in San Diego. Nonsense. I think it's going to be a slop fest. And I'm going to take Jacksonville getting five or four and a half, depending on where you're looking. Um, oh, well, uh, Jacksonville. No, that Cleveland nonsense. I think Cleveland's covered the spread one time this year. Probably. How are they not? How are they under a touchdown? <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. No one wants to be the team that loses to Cleveland. I just don't know that San Diego is good enough to put someone away. It's gonna be interesting. I think. I think. I think they're gonna go all in sixteen. I think so too. Yeah. But they may be able to cover. That's all we care about. All right. Somehow we filled almost an hour talking about this week. So <laughs> a lot of gibberish. Good job by us on there. Um, we're going to wrap this thing up. I think we'll try and do a, one more podcast next week to recap the championship. And uh, maybe we'll do some uh, some other fun stuff if I actually prepare for the podcast. Um, otherwise, thanks for listening. Good luck to uh, Anthony and Troy. Congratulations on making it this far. Also, good luck to our third place competitors. Going for that big $25 prize. Um, I need it, sure. Let me have it. <laughs> signing off for Red Triangle Sports and the Sons of Fantasy Football League Week 16 podcast. I'm your host, Denver Desert Dog, Matt Kozlowski. Thanks to Eddie and Shane for joining me. And we'll talk to you guys one more time next week.